0: Hi, Monica. Welcome to 11 Questions. Hi, good to be here. Are you a morning person or a night owl? I am a morning person. When it's night, uh, my brain starts to do terrible things, like (laughs) dwelling too long on stuff and not being productive at all. There's too much going on and we have to just unwind and relax. So getting up in the morning, 5.45 is a really good time for me. And the work that I do in the morning is usually the best work that I do. I can't imagine 5.45. I don't know what it looks like. (laughs) What are a few things that bring you happiness? My kids, especially when I can really be present with them, they are the most fascinating, curious little creatures. And it's the best time. I'm playing a lot of badminton in the backyard with my son. And I'm doing piano duets with my daughter. And then drinking my morning cup of London Fog tea. I froth the milk. Uh, that I boil on the stove and it's yeah it's like Earl Grey tea with milk that makes me really happy every morning did you always want to be a writer since like second grade so that's pretty it's a while yeah pretty much always (laughs) (laughs) yeah I think that counts as always I used to sit at my classroom desk and if I was finished with a quiz or a test early and i often did them kind of quickly i would grab another piece of paper and i would bring it to my desk and i would start writing what people in the classroom were doing like if somebody was blowing their nose or if somebody was crossing their legs or or if the teacher was you know looking at a fly on the wall i would write it and what inspires your writing i care deeply about writing like people speak i'm always thinking about that am i trying to sound impressive by using big smart words Or am I just being human and clear and crisp? So that inspires my writing. I very much want to connect with people's just deep down humanity. And I think my philosophy of how to do that is to be really casual, really conversational.
1: Now tell me a little bit about your book. I never thought of it that way.
0: I love the title and the cover, by the way, but tell me more. So it's a book to help people see each other. And the argument of it is that we are so divided, we're blinded. And we're at this stuck, fractured place where it's easier to believe our assumptions about other people than it is to go and approach them and have the kinds of conversations and exchanges that allow us to see the reality of people's perspectives. So book is full of tips and strategies for how to do that at every level. Where did you get the idea for this book? It started after the 2016 election when I was in Seattle and watching the city get really stressed out and begin to believe things about people who had voted for Trump because Seattle is so democratic and so liberal that Just weren't true and were preventing us from solving, I think, a lot of the problems well that are plaguing us. And that was particularly difficult for me to look at and struggle with as a journalist. I'm a local journalist, I'm a national journalist. And I realized I've got to work on this issue of suspicion and distrust that is keeping us from seeing the reality of other people. My parents are conservatives who voted for Trump, I lean more liberal. So in my own family, uh, we have these divisions, but we can have the kinds of conversations that allow understanding to happen. And so I know that they're possible. And I know that they go pretty far to reduce the anxiety that's plaguing so many of us in really surprising ways, which is going to help us be more creative. When you were writing
1: this book, or when you write uh, something else, do you follow a process?
0: or a writing
1: routine
0: i follow the routine that that works there is no one routine that works forever while i was writing the book i had to come up with a lot of different routines because it's a very it can be a very isolating and challenging and critical process parts of my brain just didn't want to do it and it it was so hard to find discipline so it was like i was chasing myself and trying to motivate myself. And so I would come up with different routines, little games, even all kinds of things. At one point I wrote in little pieces of paper, the different sections that I knew I needed to work on in my book. And this was for the first draft. And I would time uh, 20 minute timers and I would draw one of the pieces of paper out of a hat. And this is the section you're going to work on for 20 minutes. You're not going to stop when you're done You're going to go out and you're going to do push-ups, or you're going to run around the yard and then you're going to come in and you're going to do it again with another piece of paper. That was painful, but it worked. So yeah, whatever works. What's the most challenging part of writing? Uh, Keeping the critical voices at bay for me, that was by far the most challenging, you know, once you're in that sort of flow state, it's, it's really lovely, but even then your critical voices can make you go too slow And you get stuck on one paragraph for two hours. And uh, sometimes it's better to just keep going and then sleep on it and come back the next day. But if for me, I can be such a perfectionist that I don't want to walk away from this paragraph until it's perfect. It's about like finding the right mindset for the right piece of the project was very challenging. But with practice, you get better at it. And so now I feel like when I write my second book, which I will, I'll have more wisdom about when to apply each strategy. What's the most
1: rewarding part of the writing process?
0: Just looking at your finished work. I did a lot of reading out loud to friends and sometimes, you know, my critical voices would still be pretty dang influential. And so by the time that I actually if I if I got up and read something to someone the last time that I had seen it, I thought it was kind of not that great. But as I'm reading it to someone else, suddenly I'm putting myself in their perspective and listening with their ears. And I'm realizing, wait, this is actually really good. (laughs) Why did I think it was bad? This is great. It was great. Sometimes you have to just step outside your own head to recognize the value in your own work.
1: If you were to be deserted on an island with only three books, which three books would you take with you?
0: One would be the collected works of Ralph Waldo Emerson, which I have somewhere over here. But he's a, there it is. He is an amazing philosopher from the transcendentalist period in in American history. And his essay, Self Reliance, is like just full of wisdom that I take into my life all the time. So I would love that. Same goes for uh, Letters to a Young Poet by Rainer Maria Rilke, who, oh my gosh, German or Austrian? Oh my gosh, I should know this. Anyway, but he is also, you know, long gone, but uh, wrote letters to a poet that he was mentoring back in the day that are so true about the human condition and are so beautiful and just reach right down to the heart. So I would take that one. And the third one is tough, man. What would be the third one? Oh man. Huh. I don't know that I have a good answer for you there. Probably whatever book I'm working on myself. Yeah. That's a good whatever <laughs> one that I'm working on. There you go. We'll do that one.
1: If you were to pick one interesting life experience to share with us, what would you tell us today?
0: Yesterday, I worked hard to log off my computer. I have a schedule that would freak most people out. Like every piece of, it's back-to-back meetings all day long. Yeah, but I logged off and then I talked to my husband and we said, you know what? Even though your virtual event ended at 7.30 and it's kind of late, it's, it's light out pretty late here in Seattle. So let's go to the park and let's just not go to the park nearby. Let's go to Carkeek park, which is a gorgeous beach park in Seattle. And so we took our two kids and we went to Carkeek park and it was raining and we didn't care. And we got outside and we saw a harbor seal swimming in the water right in front of us. That was awesome. We'd never seen that before. And we saw a great blue heron fishing and just not even caring that people who were around and almost no one was there because it was raining. And it was, it was wonderful. And the sky was beautiful and we saw the train go by. So yeah, it was a really lovely evening. And I need to have more, more of those. And it, yeah, we got there at like eight, 10, you know, my kid's bedtime was supposed to be nine, <laughs> you know, and it was still light out. We didn't care. It was, it was fun. Sounds amazing.
1: And now before we wrap up our chat, if listeners want to buy your book or get in touch with you, how can mm-hmm. they do that?
0: Yes. They can go to reclaimcuriosity.com. That's the book's website, or they can find me on Twitter or Instagram at Moni Guzman, M-O-N-I-G-U-Z-M-A-N. And I love hearing from readers or anyone into uh, writing and ideas. So reach out.
1: Thank you again for being a guest on the podcast. It was lovely talking to you. Yeah. Great talking to you too. Thanks a bunch.